Last time on Encounter Party. In an effort to recover the lost memories of the Demir Guildmaster, our players were forced down the memory lane of Lorzach Rotspeaker. What they discovered was that Lazov had left himself a message in the form of a tattooed prisoner. Can our players decipher the secret code and find the lost memories? Find out this week on Encounter Party! So, there you all are. Your disguises probably last, like, another, I don't know, 40 minutes, based on how D&D spells work. And, uh... Excuse me, you need to get out of the way for the executor. Oh, shoot. What's <laughs> and everyone goes, executor? <laughs> please stop while we're ahead. Sir Herbert Elocutor. No, please. <laughs> Let us go to Orzova and see the Grand Envoy. Would you like me to carry you, no. sir? No. <laughs> yes, actually, I would. Thank you. So, uh, you guys are popping over real quick to Orzova. Yes. Yes, thank yes. God, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Welcome back to Orzova. You make it. <laughs> but I look- Tran- transition scene. <laughs> Do I still look like this... Schmuck? Um, I bet you the walk is a solid 40 minutes easy, so I would say right as you cross the barrier, it disappears and you're back to normal. Great. I'm just holding Landry. (laughs) (laughs) Or Xenia. I'm holding Xenia. (laughs) I just walk right through because the doors will open for me. Are you trying to meet her? I can, getting into the... Orzova is not going to be an issue. Well, but no, when... she, she's going to be at her at her compound. Right. She's going to be at the Karloff Manor. Yeah. So you're just going to go to the Karloff Manor. Yes. Great. You go to the Karloff Manor. Fond memories of pillows and <laughs> nice food. <laughs> from a from and from pillows. an oppressive secret prison to the lap of luxury every, every single day. day. <laughs> I walk into the Karlov estate because yes. the doors will open for me. What is her new um, thrall's name? Uh, I would imagine that there has not been one made yet. You guys just you guys just won like two three days ago. Um, so Lauren was there's a there's there's probably a clerk that you know. Who do you know? There's a guy you know him. There he is. What's his name? Um, um, Taloran is doing that thing with his fingers where he's like trying to like grasp the name out of the air and he just gives up and says, please tell the Grand Envoy that her high ministrant is here to see her. There's pressing news. We will wait at her leisure. Yes, I'm very sorry, but uh, the guild leader is currently in a meeting with some other guild officials to announce the current state of the Orzov. She's very busy at the moment. Thank you. And Saloran turns to the others and says, we'll file this ourselves. And we'll start making towards the clerk's office. Okay. As we walk towards the clerk office, uh, the clerk's office, Xenia just turns to Saloran and says, what happened with the Yorzov? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were great in that. Oh, that wasn't forward. And <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about that in the Perix, open. Perix fills in Xenia. I just wanted to get that moment in because I was like, nobody said anything and she hasn't asked, so I need uh, that information. It feels tense. Very, very no. quietly, the ghost council is dead. Taysa Karlov is now the leader of the Orzov. We killed them. The ghost council. Well done. Thanks. Lazov was impersonating you, so everyone thinks you were there. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys, you guys approach the clerk's office, and as you walk inside, there is an empty desk, like a counter, but there's currently nobody visible behind it at the moment. Is there a bell? There's a bell. Damn it. <laughs> You're mad there's a bell? No, I'm mad that you asked there was a bell first. Oh, okay. <laughs> thought you just had a moral moral problem with bells. Uh, I ring the bell. Wait, no! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You ring the bell. <laughs> it's a race and I win. <laughs> <laughs> you ring the bell, and from the back, behind a shelf, you hear a voice come hanging around that goes, 
Yes, yes, I will be right there. And coming from around the corner, would you fucking believe it? He's been demoted? <laughs> he has been demoted to clerical duty. It's that guy. Uh. <laughs> and he comes around the corner and sees the two of you and goes, Oh, why? <laughs> so, who is that guy? <laughs> this, it is the same fat, priest. slovenly... Well, he's not a priest anymore. That's true. He's who now was a cleric. priest? Um... <clears throat> yeah, he's he's been demoted, um, stripped. He is he is not wearing the same vespers that you saw before, uh, or the same you know whatever he was adorned with before. He looks like he is slightly poorer, and now he's doing bookkeeping <laughs> or more more book fetching. <laughs> and he's like he's just beyond broken at this. <laughs> Why? Why do you torment me so? Slorin casts command on him and says, <laughs> Submit. <laughs> you will find me this contract. And Slorin reads out the contract number to him. Yes. <laughs> like, it's his job. He wouldn't have denied you. He so um, he, he disappears for a moment. And uh, when he comes back, he's carrying like um, uh, a metal, a gold metal, like, long box, something that we might equate to like a safety deposit box. And uh, he comes to the table and he says, um, oh, yes, Mr. Collector, um, that contract has technically been uh, completed, but it has been kept on file because the collateral that was put up for the contract was never retrieved. Is Lazov with us? No. Open it. Would you like to view it in the private viewing chamber? Yes, very much so. <laughs> he leads you over to a side room where you guys can view all this stuff privately, not in the front, and he leaves the box with you. I open it. Not gonna check for traps. Roll a d20. It's your own damn kill, dude. 17. There's no traps. <laughs> you open the box. <laughs> Inside the box is a single Orzov coin pierced by a red needle. You may inspect it however you wish. Xenia cast detect magic. Oh, right, you have that. There, <laughs> there is magic. Cool. What type of magic? <laughs> what school of magic is um, it? On the coin, very similar to the way the black patches work, there is a secret Demir Guild symbol etched on the coin that gets revealed by giving it a shine. So, School of Illusions. Uh, you also can remove the needle. You also discover that the needle can be removed. So, Lauren hands it to Fakara. What do you think? Well, the needle its in and of itself is red. It is a red needle, yes. We encountered a red X. An X usually means the spot. So, we're in the right place. Is the needle all the way through or just into? It's poked into as if it was stabbed. It is a small, thin piece of metal. Can I remove it? You can remove it. Can I identify it? It is a needle. It is a needle. Okay, it's not like a piece of something else. Uh, might be. Is there any significance in the fact that it's a red needle and it was a red tattoo, so the red ink, potentially? Oh, probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is there anything special about the spot where the needle is being removed from the coin? Uh, it, it, it merely looks like the needle was specifically put through the coin. And yes, it is a red needle. It is. It does not have an eye loop at the end. It very easily could be part of something else. It is not a sewing needle. And the clerk said that the contract had been completed? Yes, and the this only reason the this is on file is because this was collateral put up and nobody collected it. So somebody left it behind. I take the needle and poke my finger. You poke your finger with a needle. You draw a small modicum of blood. And <laughs> nothing... Nothing happens. Okay. Is there a tattoo parlor in the area? Well, the 6th Precinct has a whole bunch of Rakdos folks in it. Yes, it does. Tattoos are super popular. Uh, a very quick amount of research lets you know that there is a location within the 6th Precinct called the Red Needle. Oh, well, that... Amazing. It is a tattoo parlor. 
<laughs> is that where we're going? Yes. Yes, you head down to the Red Needle. It's in Rakdos area. So it's it's a very keep your head down, move quick kind of a scenario, but without much effort, you encounter this really sort of cool, I don't think Ravnica has like neon signs, but I don't know, the equivalent. And then it's just sort of one of those places that it's like a biker tattoo joint, right? Like sanity and sanitation are both in question here. <laughs> and so you uh, you pop inside, little bell rings, ding, 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 um, and uh, it's completely empty. Um, and there is a huge ogre reading a book in a chair who <laughs> sees you guys come in and gives you a very quizzical side eye. Uh, yeah. How you doing? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Takes his, like, reading glasses off. Are you guys here to get a tattoo? Well, we're here to inquire about a tattoo that you may have given or may have been done at the shop as part of a contract, maybe? A red X? I don't talk to cops. I'm not a cop. Are you here for a tattoo, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Let's get price out of the way first. How will you be paying? I show him the coin. Hmm. He takes the coin and looks at it. Who's getting the tattoo besides her? I don't do fur. Eric's will get it. He's got no hair whatsoever. Where do you want it? On my upper left tricep. He grabs you. Strength check. Uh, I lose? <laughs> A 10? Yeah, no. He just picks you up. <laughs> like, throws you face down on a thing. It's very brutish. And then you realize he has this tiny needle, but he has these giant ogre hands, right? So you're like, oh, this is not... Should we ask him to use the needle we brought? <laughs> That's not sanitary. Um, uh, no, he, does, he doesn't need... He's got his own. And um, he pulls out a blue needle and puts it into the machine. And this is like... This is like some some weird advanced gizmo nonsense that you've never seen before. Like Xenia, you're like, wow, this is not just like a needle in the skin. Like this is like an is it device that it seems like he's using. And you hear this like start kicking over. And uh, let's get a constitution saving throw there, Lorzach. Perix? Perix. Let's get a constitution saving throw there, Perix. I was like, who the fuck is attacking Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 14. Yeah, I think you make it. Barely. He tattoos some stuff on your arm, and you know that there's a tattoo, but you can't see it. Can they? No. Oh, subdermal. It's, it's invisible at the moment. Okay. And, uh, and then it takes like 10 minutes, and then you're done. And that's it. Did you say anything else? Nope. See you around. Lord will lead the way outside. <laughs> so Lauren follows. Perix groans his way out. <laughs> now. Lozach like inspects the tattoo. There's there's clearly some some stuff that's been carved into your body. A bunch of shit's been a bunch of pokes have been made into you, but your skin is kind of translucent. So it's like poking a piece of ballistics gel. Uh do we have any ink? Do you have ink? I do. Take ink and I rub it on his skin. Great. Perix gets an infection. And Perix gets an infection. <laughs> That's how he dies. <laughs> Slowly and painfully. That's the new game, is finding the most roundabout ways of killing that Donovan off every episode. <laughs> Septicemia. Um, yes, so you find, um, you find a tattoo that gives you an address that looks to be somewhere in the Tin Street. So the second longest street in Ravnica. Yep. So the tattoo is an actual address. You don't have to go hunting through the Tin Street. Thank you. It is an actual address. And then underneath that address is the number 190-360. So... You guys march away into the Tin Street. It's still a busy part of the day. It's bustling. You guys are cutting yourself through. The markets are pumping. People are shouting. People are arguing and haggling. And you're uh, pretty confident that you don't really need to sort of worry about making a presence. You're, 
you're pretty confident that stealth is exactly where it is and where it needs to be. And you encounter a uh, this place that you were being directed to, and you realize that it's um, it's like an ornament shop where you can buy decorations and things to characterize your home or your office. Um, and there is a, there's a lovely older woman working in there. Elvin. Oh, hello. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Lord Zatch is perusing the ornaments that are available. And uh, what can I help you with here today? We're not entirely sure. We are window shopping in a sense. For my own, you know, we put a lot of adverts out there on the spider webs. How did you find our shop? Just so I can figure out what advertising is working. I have your address tattooed on my arm. Ah, that's an original one. <laughs> um, Certain ogre in the sixth precinct seems to be rather a large fan of yours. I see. Um, are we here to pick up an existing order? Uh, yes. yes. And what would the item be? An um, ornament or tchotchke. Uh, item 190 of 360. Yes, and that would be what? As you look around the shop, you're starting to notice that all of the decorations that this woman sells all seem to be of famous people. Right, there's stuff of Niv Mizzet. There's some gorgeous stuff of, you know, Tristani and some beautiful elves. Like lots of famous people from Ramnica. Lots of statues of of well-known people. Some paragons, you know, you know, Azur the First Sphinx, Aspiria. Some famous buildings, right? Like you can get many statues of like some famous buildings and stuff like that too. What could possibly be something Ravnica related that there would be 360 of? Cards? Days? Just every fucking time, Cards? Sarah. Fucking Christ. She's girl. got a gift. From Ravnica City of Guilds? Yes. Agra's Koss. Lorzach glances around for a second, puts it together in his head, and asks A figure of Agra's Koss? Oh, yes, the hero of Ravnica. Um, yes, one moment. Uh, I have it somewhere in the back. Please wait here. And uh, she disappears for half a moment, and she comes out with a small statuette of Agra's Kos. And it is soaking wet on the bottom. I'm, I'm so sorry. Somebody placed it in a bucket of water, and I'm positive it wasn't me, um, but it should dry out in an hour or two. Here you go. And she hands you a kind of wet statue of Agris Koss that looks to be um, like a mini replica of like his famous statue down in the in the central square. Thank you very much. Is uh, the bill completely satisfied? Yes, of course, already. Bid you a good day. And Lord Zatch will leave the shop with a little figure of Agris Koss. Eric's walks out going, Oh, I had to get a tattoo for this. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a shitty tattoo. Uh, Lorzach flips it around and is checking the base of the statue. It it looks like an exact replica of the one in the middle of the city. It's just up to his feet are just wet. Xenia comes over and knocks on it to see if it's hollow. It is. Ah. Xenia takes the statue out of Lorzach's hand and hits it against the ground to break it. (laughs) It's plaster. It breaks. There's nothing in it. Oh, no! You could have stopped me. <laughs> I think we got the clue. <laughs> okay, so... Well? <laughs> so, Vagris Koss? Agris. Agris. A-G-R-U-S-K-O-S. Reminder, Agris Koss is the hero of Ravnica after the original breaking of the Guild Pact. He is the man... What? No. No, keep going. Oh, what did you keep going. <laughs> keep spouting their, you know, <laughs> their the prop- official history of that of that whole time period. <laughs> their propaganda. <laughs> Sorry, here we go. Uh, party people at home, quick history reminder. Agris Kos is the hero of Ravnica 
75 years ago <coughs> when the guild pact broke <coughs> and the Golgari were blamed for being terrible villains. It was Agriscos who saved the day, defeating the evil Demir vampire, defeating the Golgari, and saving Ravnica from a broken future. Man. He has earned himself a statue in the center, and every year we have a year-end festival celebrating his victory. Roughly a couple months ago. Yes. So we should probably go to a statue. Why not? To the statue of Agris Koss. To the statue of Agris Koss. Lovely. We've gone antiquing. We've gotten a tattoo. Let's go sightseeing too. Isn't this a great day? <sighs> Got you doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> you guys head to uh, the exact center of Ravnica back up through the Transguild Promenade to the central square, where you see the huge statue of Agris Kos in his full Boros Wojek armor. And that statue looks like a huge blown up version of that one uh, that you are now holding the pieces of. It is a, it is a busy, it's the center, a lot of sightseers. This is a big place, um, a lot of stuff going on. And there is a there is a collection of Boros soldiers on duty, but there is also a, a small collection of Selesnia soldiers on duty. They have a division of people who patrol, basically roads and walkways and stuff like that. Rather than guarding particular districts, they are protectors of travelers and merchants. So you have a mix of both Boros and Selesnia authority guarding this statue. Someday I'm going to be a Wojak. It's going to be awesome. Just don't be that one. Oh, well, no, I know how it would be his greatest aggress cause. <laughs> For Kara, we're literally trying to save Ravnica, which is what aggress cost supposedly did. Technically, they might have a statue to use someday. What? Cool. Stay focused. Sorry. The statue was wet over its feet. So there's probably a symbol at his feet. Or we need to hose it down. Uh, to the feet of the statue of Agris Koss. You cannot get right up to the feet of Agris Koss because there's some protective barriers. And Probably like the Statue of Liberty. Close as we can get to the feet of Agris Koss. 20 feet. Oh. Do we see anything right away looking at them? Nothing you immediately recognize, at, not at his feet. Nope. Okay. I'll look at the ground. Anything in particular about the ground you're looking at? Uh, for any symbols or any wet spots, maybe? I was going to say, are there any, like, water, is there any place for, like, a water access for pipe? Like, anything that would lead us to water? Yes. allow for water? Over on the right side of the plaza, there is a manhole cover that happens to look very suspiciously like the... I'm on vacation. I can't do this. Seat on the bottom of the, uh, on the bottom of his foot. Uh, Lord Zatch will... Six, six holes in the in the manhole cover. That's where we need to go. Lorzach will open the manhole cover. That is where the problem is going to lie because the minute you start trying to fidget with public works, some guards are going to come over and ask, "What are you doing?" Xenia casts minor illusion oh, no. <laughs> of a little girl crying for help about 50 feet away, saying, "Help me, help me. I've fallen and the only thing that could Pick me up off this ground as a Boros soldier. <laughs> or two. And so the two Boros soldiers go, wait here. And they head over there. And then the Selesnian guards are like, yeah, we're also here. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Eric's will say, uh, I'm here on official Simic business. I need to inspect the water supply. Prove it. And why are they all here? <laughs> They're part of my team. Look, all right. Everybody just pause for one second. None of you are from the same guild. This is not how Selesnian talks. Wait a minute. None of you are from the same guild, and you're prying with this manhole cover. Let me explain it to you in a song. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Perix immediately says, yes, please. 
We're a troop of people working all together, trying to save Ravnica. We need to get down this manhole in order to figure out where we need to go next. Give me me a performance with advantage. What the fuck is anything right now? (laughs) I I do like that Fakara gave us a performance without the instrument she plays. (laughs) Be a 19. <laughs> Let's see if <laughs> these two Celestians like the Celestians like the music, so you start singing, they just start. Those <laughs> actually like slipped <laughs> into the man. Parix just like slyly tries to go after Lorzak. <laughs> so Lauren steps in as well. Oh my god. All right, you guys. There, you 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 have them captivated. You, you, everyone else has slipped in behind you. Send a message to Sarah that says, "We'll be back. Don't stop." <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? Have you ever met Tajik? He's pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> One of them's like slant rhyme. Nice. So I'll be back to finish my song. Hey! <laughs> I'm gonna take a brief intermission. Sure, why not? <laughs> Gonna go down the manhole. There is like a well-reasoned like argument here to be like, yeah, I mean, it's it's manhole access into the undercity. This guy runs the waterway shit. Yeah, yeah. we've got security. We have advisors from a scientific board about and the waterway. Signed stuff. the paperwork. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is the guy binding the contract together. And so like, you are you are down in the waterway under the central plaza, so it is a very clean and deliberate sewer. Um, and, uh, the water, you know, there's, there's some walkways around the side, so you don't have to go through the water, but you can instantly tell that the water really ain't anything more than ankle high anyway. Um, there really is only one direction to go. And so you guys, I'm assuming, are going to proceed down. I will take points. Okay, interesting. You, um, continue to walk down 10, 15 minutes worth of hiking in what is a very deliberate path, right? Don't have to deal with any sort of like junctions or anything like that. But eventually it does come to a dead end in this sort of pale, you know, blue cobalt brick that's kind of all on the inside and stuff like that. So Lauren takes his right hand. Yes. And presses it against the wall. Incorrect. It's just some blue cobalt blue brick. Yep. How many bricks? Many. <laughs> Enough that you can pull or rotate some out to create a mosaic-type situation that no, matches one of those dis- symbols? you can't dislodge them. They're, right. they're support-bearing. So, will not transmute. Do we need Copy. the bricks have a circle around them? Nope. Okay. Uh, any, because if we're in water, any grates, like the water's going through? Um, yeah, probably. Xenia's hand is blue, so she puts it against the wall as well to see if that matters at all. That's a really great way to try and solve that problem, but it is incorrect. Think about your tattoo orientation. Oh, um, I put my right... Who's got a foot? Everyone? I've got hooves! Yes? Somebody put your right foot onto the thing. I do that. You do what? Wait, what? Put a right foot onto the wall. Because that's where you found the manhole tattoo. No. That wasn't okay. a tattoo. It was just dirt that was cleared. He's talking about <clears> the uh, the blue rectangle tattoo. The vertical rectangle? The right. Blue circle around a blue rectangle, and then that rectangle is oriented a very specific way. Oh, up and down, vertical. Yes. Which almost makes it seem like potentially like a door, like if it's going through, right? If one's, oh, on, like the, if uh, one's on one side, one side's on the other, potentially. Oh, sure. The two circles were right on either side of each other. One was the hand, one was the rectangle. That's, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, they were right on either side. The circle's probably lined up. So if one side is the hand and the other side is the rectangle, and he said, focus on orientation of the tattoo, are we focusing on the brick itself, or are we focusing on the fact that you can go through them? Hold on a second. And there's nothing... Ooh, left hand? It is uh, definitely the right hand. Right hand, this way. With the thumb down? No. I punch it. Thank you, you like brick. karate chop it with your right hand? <laughs> That's vertical that way. Does that work? <clears throat> uh, circle, 
rectangles inside, vertical on the other side. Palm was facing out, meaning it was hypothetically facing away from the wall or the circle if you were going through from the rectangle side. I don't know what that means. So if you touch the back of your hand to it? Incorrect. All right. Walk towards it with your hand out. Try it. Yeah. (laughs) Try it. I was going to say, Perix turns around, puts his hand out, and tries to walk backwards. Describe to me exactly what you're doing. So are we in a, a tunnel? Yes. So it is a circular tunnel. Yes. So the the cobalt wall is a circle cut yes. in, right? So hypothetically, if we think like about- Like a sewer tunnel with the brick? Yes, yes, exactly. So hypothetically, if we assume that the rectangle in the thing was actually a cutout of the solid wall, there's a hidden door. So if the rectangle was center, I'm going to put my hand out and try and walk backwards dead to the dead center of the wall. W- Show me the orientation of your hand and describe it. Is what I was going to do? Incorrect. Okay. The palm mm. was facing outwards on the back. Right. So it would actually, the hand would be held like this. Oh, interesting. If I walked backwards, my hand would be pointed towards the wall. Yes. Very warm, but incorrect. So Perix reaches behind him. So you're facing... I'm facing the center of the circular cobalt brick yes. wall. You reach behind you okay. and feel a brick wall. Don't like that. Nobody else knows what he's doing because nobody else has copied this. But Perix, just privately to you, you reach your hand back and you feel another brick wall. Can I? And I now stuck between, like I can't walk backwards. Like it's a physical barrier. Correct. I I push it. (laughs) The wall opens up. And I can only feel it. I can't see anything. Can't see it. The wall opens up. I now back through whatever has opened up. You guys suddenly see Perix disappear. And now, a quick word from one of our sponsors. You know, folks, blank walls can be pretty boring. So why not spruce up your home or office by heading over to ukiyopop.com. They have a collection of traditional Japanese prints inspired by today's comics, games, and movies. The gallery is viewable online for free, and prints are available for purchase. So head over to ukiyopop.com. That's U-K-I-Y-O-P-O-P.com. Tradition in a modern method. And now, back to the party. Perix looks around and says, Hey, guys. <laughs> Fish? I found a door. I'm a frog, bitch. I'm shutting it. <laughs> Zenia follows Perix's voice. Can they walk forward through to. this hidden door? If you walk forward, as you walk forward to where Perix was, it's just the tunnel. It's exactly where you walked in. Everyone walk up to the wall and then reach behind them. Uh, okay. Anyone who walks up and reaches their hand behind them feels a brick wall. And then, you know, push it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll push the wall. Me too. There is some sort of weird illusionary shit behind you, and you push open the wall. All right. Do we see Perix? You got to back in. Oh, Oh. yes. Okay. Well, then we don't know that yet. What what next, Perix? Go go through the wall. Walk backwards? Yes. Okay. All right. You guys all walk backwards through this brick illusion, whatever this was. And what you are in is a very, very dark hallway that seems to just be carved out of fucking who knows what. Who knows where, even if you had ranger abilities, who the fuck knows where you are right now? Uh, I start walking down the hallway. I mean, it's black. I have dark vision. Dark vision's okay. Senya? I bring Frank. You bring up Frank, and you realize that Frank's light only extends within the five feet of personal space. Hmm. Like, it's that, what is not there for light to reflect off of? It's very dark. It feels like you're in a made-up place. With dark vision, still can't see anything. It's that dark. You can see that there's sort of uh, no, no, no. You can see stuff. That there is, there is, there is the suggestion of a tunnel. Um, and I'll say to Lorzach, they can't see and their lights aren't working. Shall we guide them? No, 
<laughs> Y'all wait here. We'll be back. Okay. Yes, follow us. It, it does, using dark vision, does it look like it's a flat ground? Can I trust that they walk forward and they won't trip? Yes. Cool. So I will re- relay that information to the group. You guys might want to stay tight, yes. touching each other. Like um, I said, wherever this is, is a place that the Demir Guildmaster hid. It might not even be a real place. Mm. Yeah. As an extra precaution, is everybody okay with like wrapping ourselves in ropes so we don't get separated? Just hold my shoulder. Yeah. You're probably okay just doing the shoulder gig. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I will slowly, so that you know people don't lose grab, begin walking forward. You guys progress slowly. And as you walk down this path, it doesn't feel so much like moving through an XY axis, right? It doesn't feel quite so much like stepping down a path. It feels more like walking down memory lane. Okay. Like the more you're in here, the more familiar it seems, even though you've never been here before. And after a time, it isn't until the moment that you're comfortable. It isn't until the moment that all of your minds think I remember this place, that it opens up into a very, very large cavernous room. Still completely dark? Very dark, except for one faint glowing point at the center of this room. There is a wisp of barely iridescent blue strands that looks just like the memory, however, Unlike the one that the prisoner pulled out of his head, the light on this one is very diminished because it is bubbling and poxing with black ichor. Shit, are we inside his head? This is the... Is it, are these are the corrupted it? memories. Oh, okay. So Lauren turns to Perix. Does this... So, you know, we were walking down the hallway and it, it felt familiar even though we're all confident we've never been there. And then the moment it felt good, it opened up. Does this the, room still feel familiar? Yes. Does the that minute, feeling lead anywhere? Like, is there something where I'd be like, over here is the blank, or over there is the blank? Or it is, is it a, just that center? It is a sort of nondescript open void. Got it. Okay. There, There is no physical barrier containing where you are. It is a feeling. It is, you are, you are trapped by the stretches of your memory. So... We can see the merit lage corruption in these memories. Yes. So Perix would say, as the one not holding an orb, that maybe he should go first. Because we don't trust how merit lage and orbs react. Give me a wisdom saving throw, please. Plus five. I have great wisdom saving throws, courtesy of uh, Soren. Uh, a three turns into a uh, 17. In your own head, nobody else can hear this, but as you focus on this memory, you can hear pulling at you. Come to me. Know me. Perix will inform the group that Merit Lage is talking into his head right now. But uh, Perix also believes that if we're to glean anything from these memories, no one else should have Merit Lage inside their head. So it should probably be me to try and figure out how to do that. You don't choose. Perix heads she's, to the pedestal. She's pulling you in. No, me. Perix? Perix is off to the center thing. Without a word. Perix! You reach out for the memory. And just as your froggy fingers barely touch the tip of the ichor, it explodes out into a violent eruption of black ichor and transforms into another gigantic merit lage infected horror this one with like hundreds of pincers and libs as it starts skittering around roll initiative. Net 20! Yes! 5. 23. First up, Lorzatch. As an action, Lorzatch is going to extend the Staff of Withering to the void above and pull down a moonbeam upon this skittering horror at fourth level. Will it please make a constitution saving throw? It will. Don't like the smile, Brian. A 13. 
it fails. God bless. And it takes... It takes 23 radiant damage. Got it. Siloran. Damn it, I wish you weren't so close to it, Ned. Siloran will unclasp his morning star and charge in to hopefully divert attention away from Perix. He is going to attack this horror and also use his channel divinity for guided strike. Okay. That is 27 to hit. 27 hits. He will channel a level two spell slot for divine smite. 14 piercing damage and 12 radiant damage. Got it. He's gonna wail again with another Morningstar strike. That's a crit fail. There is great fear because he fought the hate seed. He knows what this corruption can do. And he closes his eyes for a brief moment, says a quick prayer, and casts Shield of Faith on himself. Okay. You say a prayer, knowing fear, and boy, you don't know the half of it. Because as you come up and you start wailing on this thing and splashing this ichor around, it just continues to transform into this ungodly, horrific monstrosity, even more than you were looking at it before. There's something about the shape of it, something that's just so immensely disturbing and dangerous. David, please make a wisdom saving throw. Not 20. 28. Boom! I almost sang Prayer worked. <laughs> and since it starts its turn there, it makes a constitution saving throw. 22. And it takes... Oh, it's a really good roll, too. It takes 34 radiant damage. No, it doesn't. It takes 17 radiant damage. Okay. Some people are getting attacked now. Ned, two of these four arms just come stabbing at you. Bring it. One is a natural 20. Sure. The other one is a 22. Uh, yeah, they'll both hit. Super low. You're going to be all right. Oh, fucking super low. God damn it. So, so, so low. Uh, the first strike is 11 okay. damage. The second one... It's going to balance out. There we go. He's 30 damage. So 41 damage all day? All day. David, you're getting slashed. That is a 24 to hit. Yep. 11 damage for you. What kind of damage? Piercing. Thank you. Stabby stab stabs. So that will do three less, so eight, eight points of damage. Gotcha. Thank you. Xenia. Xenia, seeing the horror before her, feels an icy shiver quake down her spine, and she turns that cold fear into an ice storm, which she casts directly on the horror. Will the horror make a dexterity saving throw, please? Ten. It fails. The horror takes 14 points of bludgeoning damage and 16 points of cold damage, and you just see a puff of fog emit from Xenia's mouth as if she was standing outside on a very cold day. So in this dark void of memory, you just leech out this fog that surrounds the horror, creating this sort of cold vacuum in an already vacuumous space. But because you cast the spell, there's something about this one. There, there's something about this spell going onto this Merit Lage infected horror. You do have a free action to, to, you can shout anything you want to shout. Now is not the time to do that Landry thing where you don't share information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I see what <laughs> I'm sorry. Your instinct to a secret note cannot be, don't tell she, us she what just that went... note is. Take a pause. I was giving you the chance to share the information thank because only you. you noticed it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Landry's like, file that away for later. And we're like, <laughs> she's, been do she's been doing that for three seasons. I know. I was also simultaneously praising myself for the spells that I chose, so it was just me being a dick. I <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, this horror is incredibly sensitive to ice and cold. I know this in my soul. If you've got that kind of a spell, 
use it. Fakara. So wait, cold damage. Yep, cold damage. Like cold damage that we get from the orbs? That feels right. Yeah, I think that's great. You guys, we need to use the orbs. Well, it's your turn. Well, yeah, I'm just informing everyone else. It's a fast six seconds. Do we do we assume that the horror wants the orbs? We don't. No. Okay. How's this for a little bit of cold? And I'll come up to, uh, I'll run up to the being of grossness, and um, I'll just take the the orb in my tabard and just hit the orb onto the nearest part of the horror that I can see. Uh, or touch. Basically. You have officially struck the horror with a bludgeoning weapon. Okay. Roll 1d8 plus strength. Okay. So, six. You deal six damage physically to the horror. Okay. No cold damage? Nope. You see you see Fakara run up and bocce ball this thing up in the side, and uh, perhaps maybe not the grandiose effect you guys were hoping for. Oh, that did not work as planned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perix, um, if only you had. Uh, oh, Perix, uh, it's one action to manipulate an object, correct? Yes. Instead of manipulating an object, instead yes. of grabbing an object and taking it, and therefore using my action. Yes. I would like to uh, simply put my hand on the one in Fakara's hand, not manipulate it, and try and reach into it to use the gravity effect. Um. Same way I did with Lorzatch. Clear my mind, try to feel the thing through the orb. Yeah. And then I would like to try and um, pull its tentacles back towards the center. Uh, opposing wisdom checks, please. 17. So, you place your hand on this orb that Fakara was also touching. Did not specify protecting yourself. No. You will take 10 cold damage. It's fine. However, you can feel the orb pulling through it as if some sort of restraint, and you do see a large section of this horror seize up. Uh, No damage. With my bonus action, I yell, use the orb safely, pull it inward. Top of the order, Lorzatch. Lorzatch sees his companions run headlong into the grasping tentacles and slicing pincers of this extra-dimensional horror, and frankly wants nothing to do with it. And instead, listening to Xenia's message, casts his own Ice Storm. Will it please make a dexterity saving throw? Ooh, its dexterity is six. Fucker. Found the debuff. Uh, cannot, cannot roll dexterity saving throws for this combat, apparently. Hopefully for the campaign. The DM's weakness is speed. Or I have a, a whole lot of dex spells. So it takes nine bludgeoning damage. Okay. And it takes 18 cold damage. Okay. Zaloran. With great anxiety, but knowing what he agreed to, he reaches into his pouch with a mailed hand and grabs the orb and takes Perix's advice and sends his focus inward. You feel just cold aggression coming through the orb. Opposing wisdom checks, please. I'm going to use a point of inspiration to re-roll that. Oh, no. A three. That was the better? Yep. Oh, well, ten. Ten is the better. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for burning that point of inspiration, because I rolled a natural one. Fantastic. You win. <laughs> you see a second of its major four components seize up as long as you're maintaining this. But you can feel that it's like you gotta it's like a tether. You gotta hold this baby down. The orbs are like a leash to hold it down. Go! Hold it down, hit it with cold. On the horror's turn, it looks to the three of you so close in proximity, and it sees the orbs. And it looks to you, Ned, and demands that you make a wisdom saving throw. 16. The number is 17. Fuck. Sheer madness peels its way into your mind, paralyzing you with fear. You feel your tether to the orb release as a third section 
frees itself from your current tether. At the end of your turn, you can try and save against uh, paralyzing, but at the moment, you are paralyzed. Then, the horror seems to climb over you and through you simultaneously and flank you from around behind. You're going to get some attacks. The first one is going to be on Fikara. That will miss. Yay! The second one will be on Saloran. That's a natural 20. Yep. All told, you will take 25 piercing damage. Ned, you are also getting struck. Natural 20. It will hit. You will receive an extra die of damage. 23 piercing damage. Those of you who are still tethered, I need a wisdom saving throw. A two. You, your tether is broken. This thing is far more powerful than you're prepared for, and this is a new thing that you're trying, and you realize that w- trying to leash this extension of Merit Lage is just well beyond your capabilities at the current moment in time. Uh, Perix, feeling stab upon stab upon stab into his back, collapses unconscious. Oh, that's bad. Keep in mind that the person holding the orb is technically Fakara. Xenia, you're up. Xenia sees and senses the creature recoil from cold and ice, so she immediately casts Ice Storm again. Will the creature make a dexterity saving throw? It will try. Yay, 19. It succeeds, but it still takes some damage. That's the thing about, like, spellcasters is at high level, the game's like, no, 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 we'll let you get damage in. Right. Mm -hmm. And the creature takes five points of bludgeoning damage, six points of cold damage, and as a bonus action, Xenia spends two sorcery points to bring back her buddy, Antonio. Yes! So again, keep in mind that, uh, that man, cold just looks like it's a little bit more powerful than you were hoping it would be. Fikara! Okay, I am going to hold the sphere in my tabard and just focus and focus inward and think cold thoughts and before that all goes off I give bardic inspiration to Lorzach. What sort of cold thoughts are you thinking? Trips my family would take into the mountains or the time we went to visit the angels and it was cold in the air because it's so high up in the atmosphere. I'll let you roll with advantage. Why not? Fakara is the best part of this game. <laughs> the power of family. Oh, six. David, you want to look at that roll? Not really. Sure. One. <gasps> I won with a six? Yeah. I love today. <laughs> Uh, So, again, you reach through the orb and you can feel a quarter of this monster just seize up. Um, And somebody has been bardically inspired. Perix. I will make a save. You will. And you'll make it. No. Oh. Wait, you're within five. Oh, these count with the aura? Oh, Uh, God, what am I saying? Uh, Why am I doing that? Thank you, Brian. Uh, It's very useful because I rolled a five, which makes it a ten, which makes it a success. I'm not going to help you guys anymore. (laughs) I'm not mistaken, though, correct, David, that your aura counts even on death saving throws? It helps on all saves. God, I'm afraid. All right. I can't cheat it. The number is what it is. Like, I can't. Yeah. So one save. Lorzach. Lorzach approaches the skittering horror pulls out his orb and touches it to its sickly black ichor flesh and reminds it that it is imprisoned in the ice in a dominarian lake and it will not ever get out. Do it to it, buddies. 22. 10. We found the wise one. (laughs) (laughs) The one. The The one. That's how spellcasters work. Everyone has a different ability. Another quarter of this beast seizes up. I believe you currently have half of it tethered. As a bonus action, Lorzach is going to cast Healing Word at the third level on Perix. And Perix will regain 15 hit points. Appreciate you, boo. End of turn. That's it? Okay. Thank I, you for I the heal. Saloran! Saloran is emboldened by his comrades, though he would never admit it. And he sends his thoughts into the orb and just thinks with cold precision. 
submit. Don't piss her off. Three. Twelve. And it says, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. But it's just merit laid from another plane. Fuck you. No. And in retaliation, it will attack you. The first thing that it will do will demand that you make a wisdom saving throw. 26. Yeah, that's, that'll work. <laughs> However, it will attack you. That one will miss. That one is a natural 20. Ooh, that, ooh, hot today. Damn, dude. Hot. Hey, you rolled three. The opposite of Oops. ice is hot. And two critical fails, so it's a, it's a. It's a bell curve. Whew. We're hot, we're cold. It's a hot, cold day. 25 piercing damage, all told. Mm-hmm. It will then climb over you guys without provoking an attack of opportunity and move a total of 40 feet this way. It seems to climb through the memory. That's horrifying. As if there's no sort of terrestrial plane keeping it somewhere. So when it climbs through you, it's like it's climbing through you not necessarily physically through. You feel it in the As reaches of your mind. As if it's using you to move. Cool. Like it's your own fault it's changing position. Cool. Does that break the tether? It does not break the tether. You're still tethered. Got it. However, at the end of its turn, those of you who are tethered do need to make a wisdom saving throw. Nat 20. There you hey. go. Yes. Poor. Unfortunately, your tether is broken by it moving through you. You're kind of freaking out here. However, Lorzat, you ain't letting this thing go. No, no, no way, no how. You remain tethered. Fakara, unfortunately, you are no longer tethered. Xenia. Xenia loves to stick with the one that brought her, and she spends two sorcery points to cast Ice Storm on this bitch again. I have to roll? Yes. What is it, Dex? 16. (laughs) Come on, man. 14. Ha! Fail, baby. How's it feel to be such a failure? I bet it hurts, huh? <laughs> it oh, does. Is your mom embarrassed of you? <laughs> She's oh. gonna love that when she listens to it. <laughs> oh, not you. The, the the weird. The weird. This was not part of it. Not the weird. Fuck the horror. You all know what I'm saying. Okay. It takes ten bludgeoning damage. Yes. And fourteen cold damage. Uh, it is good and bloodied by now. It is good and bloodied, ladies and gentlemen. Anything else? No. Okay, Fikara. Snow cones, snow cones, snow cones. Little ice creams, little ice cream sandwiches. All the little cold things that you loved to have when you were a kid. And just another wisdom throw, too. Opposing checks. Okay. I'm not giving you advantage on this one, but I do That's love okay. the roleplay. <laughs> uh, it's going to be an 11. Son of a brat. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and eight. Oh, good. Wow. So you are now tethered. You see a quarter of it seized up. So we currently have two. Right. So half of it, it looks like it has half the amount of attacks that we were hoping it would have. Define we in that sentence. You were hoping it would have. We were <laughs> not hoping it would have the full attacks. Well, it's your turn, so do something about it. Maybe I will. Uh, Perix, uh, by the way, is still pretty close to death. Uh, and doesn't really have any heal ability, and doesn't really have any ability to, to deal with an orb safely, but given that half of it is now tethered, feels like uh, he's gonna take an example off Xenia. And he, he comes up to one knee, and then he stands up battered and bruised and bloody and nasty, and he feels his whole body start to shiver with this cold, as from out of his hands, these these shards of perfectly round snow and ice launch into the horror as he casts Snowball Swarm. Uh, would you please make a dexterity saving throw? I will. Perfectly round shards? Yeah, yeah. I thought about it as I said it. Uh, decided to lean in. Uh, what kind of save is it? Dex. Nine. Uh, that Shut did up, not succeed will. on the thing. So let's... See how this goes. Super swingy. Uh, 21 points of cold damage. Lorzash. Lorzash trains his eye on this abomination and wonders if it has the blood to carry the contagion it's about to shoot into this thing. 
Will it please make a constitution saving throw as he casts Blight? Ooh. Hmm. That hits just right. 20. That is one. Gonna take some sweet, sweet half damage. What type of damage is it? Necrotic. It takes 16 necrotic damage. As a bonus action, Lord Zetch is going to cast Healing Word at the third level, targeting Parax, and Parax is going to regain 15 hit points. What a fucking trooper you are. So by uh, taking the time to cast Blight and heal people, you have voluntarily dropped your tether. No, he hasn't. What? Neither of those break concentration. Oh, buddy. <laughs> buddy. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So, Lauren, you're up, buddy. So, Lauren curses his hubris and instead thinks of the night he almost froze to death on the streets of Ravnica and the night that he swore he would never live like this again. Eight. He rolled a one. Yes. Tether away, my friend. Oh, another part of it seizes up. That's we have three. That's my turn. Okay. At the beginning of the turn of the horror that you guys are facing, horror number three, it, without provoking opportunity, travels through your mind to the other side to split the difference between Xenia and Lorzach. It has had enough of this garbage. This cold blasting spell, it knows where the real damage is now. Xenia, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw, please. I've had just about enough of ignoring you. 13? Not enough. You are paralyzed. You will now get attacked for 19 will be the first hit. That hits. Actually, it's only one hit because three parts of it are, are tethered, correct? Correct. You are paralyzed, and therefore you can do nothing to get out of the way of this strike. And with its one remaining free claw, this horror reaches up unfathomably high and just rams it straight through your clavicle for 63 damage. Oh, I am, I mean, I'm bleeding out. Yeah. Xenia drops. Antonio collapses into his key room form. At the end of its turn... Those of you who are tethering, please make wisdom saving throws. DC target 17. 24. 9. 11. If you fail, you are untethered. Uh, Xenia, I need a uh, death saving throw from you, please. 10. Hey, you have one save. Okay. Fakara. She's going to try to tether again and think of how cold and lonely it would be if everyone in the party just wasn't there anymore and this horror wins and just the absolute fear and cold that that would cause inside of her. So she'll try to tether again with a four. That ain't gonna do it. Nope, 18. Okay. 17. And uh, Bardic Inspiration to Perix. Perix, you're up, buddy. Perix allows the cold to continue emanating through his body and he launches another snowball swarm directly at the horror uh, as these balls of ice and cold fly out of his hands. Would the horror please make a dexterity saving throw? He rolled another one. <laughs> Only that gave me an extra die. It bounced it, it like rimmed off my tray and then went 17, 16, nope. <laughs> Them's not bad dice. For 25 more points of cold damage. You summon all of these snowballs from the cold recesses of your memory and with a great push of concentration, you shove them all inside of this horror, and behind a brief smile of pride, you feel an intense pit drop in your stomach as you realize you may have done something 
horribly wrong. The horror bubbles and convulses, swelling in size, until it erupts in a tidal wave of black ink and ichor, and you five are swallowed by this deluge of pure corruption and dragged down into an endless void of black. You lose. Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media, based on the worlds of Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering created by Wizards of the Coast. Original campaign written by Brian David Judkins. Sound capture and original effects by Will Malonez. Edits and mixing by Ned Donovan and Katie Brow. Theme song and additional music by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Megan Judkins and Will Malonez. Perix here, with a quick message for you from the Encounter Party team. I've been modified so many times, but the next modification will be to give an auto-review to my favorite podcast on the platform of your choice. You can find your adaptation and news and updates on the show at EncounterParty.com. I also might modify myself to just automatically join the Facebook group The Encounter Party, or even give a follow to us on Twitter and Instagram at Encounter underscore Party. Why? Because Encounter Party is dope, and we are looking to interact with you more. Thanks, y'all.